Hey everybody, less content this week from your favorite Vikings YouTube channel, but um, you know, I think that the level of the content is kind of like raised Absolutely. this week. Let you know, not five 15 minute videos, but we're gonna have two about half an hour long videos for you this week. Uh, one of which, as I throw stuff off my desk, one of which is gonna be going over uh, what we're going over in today's video, which is my mock draft 1.0, if you will. Um, you'll notice that this is not a traditional mock draft 1.0, where it's just all 32 teams first round picks oh this year it's 31 but um it's just the vikings stick and pick the vikings have five draft picks i, I made five selections in those slots and we're gonna we're gonna discuss it today so will i'm gonna pass it over to you and we'll we'll dive right into this bad boy sweet yeah let's get started so <clears throat> kind of the premise for this episode today is gonna be um we're going to be focusing on, as Jordan mentioned, the five selections that the Vikings are slated to make as of today. So this is assuming that Quazy makes no trades, that no more compensatory picks are awarded. None of that. It's just the five picks that everyone assumes the Vikings will have. And we're just going to, you know, break down five different players that um, specifically Jordan thinks the Vikings could end up with. So, I'll just, I'll just kick it off here. The first one, um, you know, as we've talked about ad nauseum, both on our show, as well as, you know, Vikings Twitter and all the other shows is the 23rd pick that the Vikings possess as of today. And one of the previous guys that we talked about in a previous episode was Zay Flowers. And so Jordan, <clears throat> what, what makes him an intriguing option for the Vikings to go get in the first round? I think it's the it's the explosivity and like you said we've we've talked about flowers and downs and a couple of other wide receivers uh, earlier in earlier videos um, so I, I don't want to go like too deep into like a, a draft profile of Zay Flowers or anything but what I will say is that I, I feel like this may catch some flack uh, for taking a wide receiver in that first spot instead of a defensive player. And I was ready to take Kalijah Kansi, who I said, if he's there at 23, don't trade the pick, take him. I was ready to take him, and he went, like, two picks before Zay Flowers in this mock. Um, and, in like, the th I did three of them total today, and this was the one that I kind of landed on is, like, we'll talk about this one. Um, I took Zay Flowers in two of them, and I took Jackson Smith in Jigba in the other one because Kalijah Kansi kept going just before the Vikings were able to draft him. So I, I really think that the explosivity of having another wide receiver who's going to be cheap, who's going to be an upgrade from KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen. I think it's just invaluable. Um, you know, you give Coke more, more guys to throw it to more weapons and you just kind of let him, let him do his thing if you will. So I, I really like yeah. flowers. Uh, you, you could argue you go downs in the second round, but the Vikings don't have a second round pick. And I can't, I, I didn't make trades. So maybe this is a yep. spot where I would trade down and, and take a guy like Josh Downs, who I kind of view on a similar level level to Zay Flowers. So, you know, if, if you're crazy, and I know, you know, a lot of these picks are coming from, you know, what you think might be the best selections for the team to make. But if you try and get inside the mind of Quazy, do you think that he would you know, assuming he doesn't trade his first round pick, do you think that he would take a first a first round wide receiver? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this team, 
defensively, and this goes for all teams, so I shouldn't just say this team, but like, I don't think any team wants to reach for a need. Um, I think that, yeah, if the right defensive guy is there and you love a defensive guy and you love a wide receiver, you go with the defensive guy 10 times out of 10. But the issue is, is like you just spent two draft picks on defensive backs last season. Three if you count Lewis Seen. So you've drafted a safety, you've drafted a Kono, you've drafted a second Kono in like the middle rounds. I don't think that these people that are mocking, you know, Joey Poto Jr. out of Penn State to the Vikings understand that like there is some pride, I think, in those draft picks. I don't think Quasey's just riding off. Um, excuse me while my dog makes a bunch of noise. Uh, I don't think he's just riding off, you know, his draft class from last season. So I I think it's uh, entirely possible that he, he takes a guy like Zay Flowers in this spot to add to kind of, I like this idea of leaning into a strength. Um, and the Viking strength is their offense and we're just trying to get our defense to like top 20. We're not trying to make it the yeah. number. We don't need a Jalen Ramsey. We just need like a solid guy who can get a couple stops and hold teams under 30. And I, I think yeah. that that's you can find guys like that later. Yeah, I mean, I think I think to your point about <clears throat> wanting to trust your your first um, first draft from last year, a lot of those picks got injured, and so it's really hard to make an evaluation on what Lewis Seen is going to be or what Brian Osamo is going to be with his limited playing time. I think they have really high hopes for both those guys. And what, what we did see from Asamoah, I think was very encouraging, but to your point, we have some of these guys in the building already. So let's not reach for maybe a similar player at a similar position. If we feel like we can go get Justin Jefferson, a running mate. So I, I don't, I don't hate the idea of getting a wide receiver in the first round. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. I personally enjoy yeah. it a lot. <laughs> I think it also, you know, just from a fan perspective, taking offensive explosive players in the first round gets everybody excited. <laughs> it's just, it's just the way it works. And even for the uh, quote unquote smart fans out there who know we need defense and all that, like even if they've done all their mock drafts and everything, everyone's going to have a level of excitement when you see a guy who has been comped to Percy Harvin um, taken in the first round. So uh, let's move on though. Uh, you know, like you said, the Vikings do not have a second round pick as of today, their third round selection. Uh, they're picking the 87th overall pick. Who do you like at this slot? I see you got um, Jacqueline Roy from LSU. Yeah. I went ahead and, and threw in uh, a defensive interior guy, especially with the the news that the Vikings, you know, it's not really news, but the Vikings did not re-sign Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, yep. They kind of had like a little window to do that, um, to get him locked up. They did lock up, um, oh, his name's escaping me. Uh, the other defensive lineman. Iris Tonga. Thank you. I kept wanting, I thought his name started with a D for some reason. But yes, they did lock up Tonga, um, which is which is nice because, you know, he actually had a pretty solid season um for the vikings but i think that this is just a pick where you're you're throwing doubts at the wall on that defensive interior um you know cancy oh cancy i'm telling you i want kalijah cancy so badly to be a minnesota viking but uh jacqueline roy is he's not necessarily like the the 500 pound you know big pat williams in the middle run stuffo necessarily but he he's gonna be very 
athletic, and I think he's going to bring a pass rush up the middle, which I think is something every NFL team is chasing. And so maybe he is not a three-down starter, but if you can get a team into a second and ten, a third and long, I think Roy comes into the game and, and immediately becomes a, a huge threat. And we're not talking about like John Randall undersized defensive tackle here. We're talking about he's still a big, you know, I'm trying to get his actual weight um, and I'm having a hard time doing it for some reason. But we're talking about a a 300-pound, at the low end is going to be like 290 um, interior defensive lineman that, that I think can just cause havoc in, in the middle along with, you know, Daniil Hunto and maybe Yannick Ngakwe if I had my way. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in free yeah. agency. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, um, <clears throat> Yannick Ngakwe, I believe, just officially did his team um, not choose to re-sign him. I saw something where it looked like he's available. Um, yes. I saw this on Twitter. We kind of, you tagged the show in something. Yeah, this is totally off topic, but um, to the whole uh, unique Ngakwe back to the Minnesota Vikings thing, I think uh, that might have some legs potentially just, you know, from our speculation, but um, (laughs) to your, to your thing about uh, Jacqueline Roy and his weight, he is listed on ESPN.com at 315 pounds. He is six foot four, 315 um, so yes, that is a very large man. Yes, um, we're not uh, we're not talking a small uh, <laughs> small it's, it's, human. Here. It's very funny that ESPN has him listed at three fifteen because I am on twenty four seven Sports and they have him at six three and a half two eighty nine, and that feels light to me personally. Like I watch LSU. Me and my buddy decided we were going to be LSU yeah. fans this season. And I tried to stick to it the best I could and watch it. I mean, Jack Lenoy does not look like a, an undersized defensive tackle by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we're talking about a guy with the real size here. Yeah. So maybe he could play in on all three downs. I think he's just going to need a little bit of coaching to really be, be that one yeah. stuff. Oh. Yeah, I mean, so LSU's uh, official athletics page has him lifted, listed at 315. So I think we can probably assume that's at least pretty accurate. Um, but nonetheless, he's somewhere between 290 and 315. So he's big. Um, and you can assume that, you know, when this guy gets into an NFL weight room and an NFL locker room and he is, uh, you know, fully dedicated to this even beyond what he was at LSU, he's, uh, he's going to get in the correct shape um, <clears throat> for NFL playing. So I, I like the idea of getting a defensive interior lineman. I, I think it needs to happen. Um, it doesn't need to be, like you said, you know, you mentioned Pat Williams. That's what this franchise knows because he was sort of our last great defensive interior player. Um, and he was massive, you know, just a run stopping like rock in the middle of the line. Um but the way of the 2023 NFL has slowly sort of moved into this quicker, lighter on their feet, um, Aaron Donald type, uh, Chris Jones type, these guys who are still behemoths of men, but they are, you know, they take ballet class. And so there's there's an added element of uh, <clears throat> dexterity and athleticism that is kind of bred with these guys now. And so um, – Again, I like the pick. We need it. We need to be able to 
provide pressure from the interior. And if we have Tonga plus somebody like um, Roy, I don't hate it. Um, the Vikings do not, or excuse me, the Vikings do have a fourth round pick. Um, you went with Cam Jones, a linebacker out of Indiana. Yeah, this was one where I actually, I, so I typically do a lot of trades in my mock drafts and Cam Jones, th- today was one of the first times where I, I was, like I said, it, I've said this multiple times already, I was sticking and picking. And so I was like, he, he he's there. Like, you know, he's, he's either two spots down from, you know, like projected draft position to where I'm at. Oh, you know, maybe he was a little bit, you know, like he was the guy who PFF said I should take in terms of best play available. I, 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 reading up on him, I haven't like dove into his tape, so I don't want to sound like, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to be the Cam Jones expert, not pounding my hand on the table for Cam Jones quite yet. Cam Jones is like the Daniil Hunter of linebackers, and this is like coverage linebackers. He he is long, he is fast, he is physically very like, uh, he is just a perfect, you know, piece of, uh, Marble that you you can just if you can chisel away at it and you can get good coaching on it could be a very very good cheap rookie player and I don't think he would see the field a ton as a rookie because I do think next season it's going to be Asamoa and a veteran uh, TBD that will bring in through free agency but let's say that veteran comes in on a Jordan Hicks type deal where it's one two years. Jones and Asamoa could be the linebacker duo going two years from now. Mm-hmm. And so Cam Jones really intrigues me. It's, it's like I said, it's the length, which gives him really good advantage in like blitzing and in pass rush. That's not really what his strength is, though. His strength really is his athleticism in dropping back to cover the pass and how quickly he can close on the ball whenever he's defending the pass. He also, I mean, you know, you have good speed. You're going to be able to, to get in and shoot the gap on running downs to be able to make the play, and those long arms make it all the more easier to bring guys down. He's also, I mean, you, I like I said, didn't watch a ton of his film, watched a highlight video of him. There are a few clips in his highlight tapes that show, and I hate talking about highlight tapes because obviously everybody's a superstar if you throw up their 15 best plays, but those multiple times in his career where he just chases a running back down gets his long long arms on somebody and and pulls him close on get makes the tackle without you know committing a house collar so he kind of seems like a high upside athlete that I think could really tone into something special if given the time and the you know the dedication yeah do you uh you know just for relevancy for Vikings fans do you see him as like what's his ceiling? Is he Eric Eric Kendricks? Is he that high? Oh man, I I feel like it's a different type of. If you want me to say ceiling, and and again, this is without sitting down and watching like Indiana defensive clips. It is higher than Eric Kendricks because he is taller and has longer arms and would bring more of a pass rush element to where yeah. if we blitz him. He's an actual threat to get home to the quarterback. Even if he gets blocked, he's he's a threat to just get leverage with those long, long arms of his. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, come on, man. Eric Kendricks was a really good Viking for a really long time. So that's high praise to heap onto yeah. a fourth-round draft pick. 
But, I mean, that's what I love about the draft. Anything is possible. All these guys have high ceilings right now. Cam Jones might yeah. be a special teamer who flames out in a couple years. That's also another high upside foam. He would probably be good on special teams with that speed that he brings. Being able, I'm not talking about him being a punt gunner, but, you know, just lining up on kickoffs and stuff like that. You got to fill out the roster somehow. Yeah. So, I, I, I like Cam Jones out of Indiana. I'm intrigued to awesome. sit down and watch some tape on him. Yeah, I mean something that just you know, without watching his 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 film or his highlights, the first thing that comes to mind with his maybe body type is Patrick Queen from Baltimore, yeah. um, which I think you know if anybody's watched any Ravens games, having Patrick Queen on your defense would be uh, quite good. <laughs> so yeah. to have that type of linebacker roaming the middle of the field would be awesome. All right, the Vikings at this point are slated to have two fifth round picks. The 160th overall selection and the 177th selection. I actually want to talk to you about 177 first because defense is so, you know, it's a hot button topic around these parts. We just hired a defensive coordinator. Everybody loves him, but the personnel isn't exactly great in many people's eyes. So some, some people might <clears throat> see your cornerback selection with your last pick and scoff at it. Why wait until the fifth round? Uh, because I think that you have Andrew Booth. You might be bringing in a free agent. Um, you, you have I, this. It's, it slowly toned from like a, a joke into a very real possibility. Like you, you're probably bringing Duke Shelley back, who played pretty well to end last season. So I think in the fifth and sixth and seventh rounds, you're not really talking about guys that you expect to be superstars you'll try if you hit on those picks you're very lucky and you have you know you have lucked into you know an incredible feat that not many teams get um and I think that yeah spend those picks on high upside quarterbacks a high upside defensive backs and pass rushers in my opinion because those are kind of in my opinion the most important positions to to you know have elite talent at so Makai Gardner you know he he's been he's a fifth year senior uh so he's played defensive back for a long time he transferred to LSU and played two seasons there he's six foot two he's an outside Kono and he's physical in the in the the run game I mean look we're not talking about Jalen Ramsey obvious superstar you know number one pick here we're not talking about Sauce Gardner we're talking about a guy who played at LSU, which is, you know, kind of DBU in my opinion. I think it's the best school to draft Kono's from. Um, and you're just talking about taking a Kono from a school that has developed them very well. Uh, he stouted there for them, and he, he's just he's kind of physical, which I think matches up with Brian Flo as his scheme to a T. He's physical. Absolutely. He's he's going to play tough. He's going to play the run just as tough as he defends the pass. And and I think that it's worth a fifth or sixth round pick to, to try and get something like that. Because if you hit on Makai Gaudneau, all of a sudden, who cares if Andrew Booth's a bust? Who cares if a Caleb Evans can't stay healthy? Who cares about any of that? You have Makai Gaudneau now who, hey, we spent this fifth-round pick, he toned into something special, yeah. he's our starting defensive back now. And we have him on for four years making like $90,000 a year. So, or yeah. whatever the whatever fifth-round picks get paid. So, that's kind of my outlook on it, personally. I, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you say, you know, seeing a defensive yeah, I, back taken. 
I, I like the idea of taking a defensive back. I think it's with, you know, a limited amount of picks, it's not necessarily where I would start. And so like you, I think this is sort of the approach I would take where you wait till later rounds, because I think you and I both agree linebacker and interior defensive line are higher needs right now. It's just the reality. And so if you can go get guys in the higher rounds with better, better, uh, or I guess higher upside probably is the right way to put it, go get them. Um, now if you have somebody that is a surefire shutdown cornerback fits perfectly with Brian Flores, who's available to you in the first round, you probably go get him. Um, but you know, as, as we've talked about, I don't think that guy is necessarily going to be there. So, um, this approach is definitely, I think it aligns with, you know, what we've, what we've talked about and what, what I think as well. The final pick on on this first mock draft that uh, Load the Box has done is, I guess, not necessarily final because we'll back up about 17 slots to the 160th overall pick in the fifth round. Israel, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Abanacanda. 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 That is a name. (laughs) It's a great name, and he is a great player. I'm a huge fan of Israel Abanacanda. Um, and I, I, I want to say one last thing about Makai Gaudno, just super quickly. The fact that he's a fifth-year senior kind of matters because it feels like uh, Brian Flores' defense really relies on like instincts and knowing the position to like you know jump routes to make interceptions and stuff. And so I think that that's important. But getting back into Israel Abanacanda, I'm I'm such a big fan of his, and I've been a big fan of his for like since last season when I started watching the Kenny Pickett tape to see if I was interested in Kenny Pickett. And I kind of was, but I didn't, you know, he was all right. Abana Kanda just jumps off the screen, man. He's not Alvin Kamara in terms of like line him up in the slot and run him. But I do think he is very good at catching screens, catching quick running back angles. I think he brings a slightly better version of Dalvin Cook in the passing game. Like, uh, not elite... I don't think he would have some of the dumb drops that I feel like Dalvin has a couple of every season, but with the ball in his hands, he is elusive. He runs with power, even though he's not the biggest guy. He's young, which I personally, like, I see all these Vikings fans saying, like, oh, go get Mohamed Ibrahim out of the University of Minnesota. Mohamed Ibrahim has been there for, like, five years. He's he's just, those knees have taken a beating at Minnesota. I, I don't want to draft him because of that. I want a guy who's going to come in and be fresh. So that way we can milk him for everything he's worth and then throw him in the trash like we're about to do with Dalvin Cook. Running back is a brutal position to play in 2023. But I just, I just think that he is a – he's very patient. He is – he's got this – he's not like Chris Johnson 99 Madden speed, but his vision I think makes up for that. And he also has kind of high acceleration – if that makes sense, well, he's very quick to get to that top speed. And yeah, that top speed is not going to be, you know, the best in the NFL, but his ability to get to that top speed so quickly is what kind of makes up for that. And so I'm just a huge fan of him. I think that there are like five running backs that I want to see the Vikings take in the fifth round or the fourth round. 
Um, Abana Kanda happened to be the one that was here. There's also Ty J Spears out of Tulane, who's probably my favorite yep. running back in this class. And I'll be honest, the Zay Flowers pick, I, I almost took B. John Robinson out of Texas instead and just said, screw it. I don't care what analytics say. He's just so good at football. I want him in uh, in purple, but I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. I, I couldn't go with a running back at 23. So I, I, I love it. What do you think, especially if the Vikings let go of Dalvin Cook, about taking a running back in, in the fifth? Yeah, this will be my final thought here as we wrap up. And this is a really interesting one. I don't hate taking a running back. Um, it wouldn't probably be something that I would target. Um, I would – frankly, like even consider drafting a, another defensive lineman, if there's somebody out there. Um, but the idea of taking a running back isn't terrible because what you have right now in the building, you know, we've talked about this at nauseum. We have Cook and Madison. Both of those guys potentially could be gone. Well, I'll save, save your ears for all the reasons. We've, we've talked about them already. And so that leaves you with Ty Chandler, who effectively would be a rookie next season, just given the limited reps he had, and Kane Wangwu, who is basically a return specialist at this point. He's been on the team for a year and a half, I mean, two years, but um, hasn't seen the field much other than garbage time when it comes to offense. And so it's clear that he's not necessarily a highly regarded offensive option at this point. Um, I personally would love to see him more on the field offensively just because of his burst and his ability to catch the ball. And I mean, he's got a little bit of that Saquon Barkley out in space feel to him. Um, he's not going to be the in between the tackles runner that you want. So, um, you know, maybe you could pair Chandler and Wang Wu and have a, a decent running back combination. But if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, they had three guys that they rotated through. Um, and so just to have a third one on the roster, isn't a bad thing. And potentially if CJ ham is gone next year, that just opens up another spot in the backfield. So taking a halfback in the fifth round, um, kind of a low risk pick, I think it's definitely a viable option. Yeah. And I'll, I'll make my final thoughts kind of quick here as well. Um, you know, to make sure that you follow the show on Twitter at LTB Vikings and follow Will at Will Bad Lose, the GOAT Twitter handle. Check out the Bad Loser blog and VikingsTerritory.com. Uh, check out Unified Athletic Wire. And I feel like I'm forgetting something and I don't remember what it is. So, it mo- oh, subscribe to the YouTube. It's the most important one. Subscribe to the YouTube and also check us out wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know how to feel about this draft. I want to say like, oh yeah, I kind of like it, but like I'm very conflicted on it. We'll do more mock drafts as we inch closer and closer to draft season. We're like two months away from it right now, so we have some time. But I, I really, those are zero. I, I think those a, it is like 90-10, 90% we trade out of that 23rd pick. I don't think Quasi is going to just, stick and pick at all of these spots he's gonna move he's gonna get my draft capital uh there was a trade offer in this mock draft with a green bay packers wanted to move up and if that's not signature quasi adofa mensa so far to trade you know out of the first round give your first round pick to a division rival let them draft you know a high quality player and then you take three guys that can't stay healthy i don't know what is i'm getting i'm getting my quasi hate in early i'm getting ahead of this trade oh this train because it's coming it's coming real quick next season 
that stupid lion, J- Jamison Williams, is going to bone us for like a 300-yard game. Everyone's going to poo-poo all over Quasey. I'm just calling my shots. But I, I think that it's all right. I think that you can see what I was going for and and kind of what I think the team's needs are and stuff. So I enjoyed it. I always love doing mock drafts. Any excuse to talk about it is always fun. And we'll get out of here. Uh, And we hope, I think this is the second video this week. So we hope you guys have a good and safe weekend. We will see you back here on, I believe, next Tuesday um, to talk more Vikings draft off-season coverage because this is where Super Bowls are won. And uh, most importantly, I'll leave you with a uh, skull, y'all.